ESPN. The following is a presentation of Financial Crisis Recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I don't know if you guys caught Jason and Mike walking out the door. Apparently, they're having a push-up contest, and I, I said I would be willing to enter that push-up contest. But just to make it fair for everyone, I would put Jason on my back. <laughs> you know, don't want to take that easy win, as Mike says, you know, because I know I just destroy them in push-ups. Yeah, whatever. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to be talking today about uh, a topic that is uh, apparently always in in uh, in conversations. And, uh, you know, whether it's it's you're you're a parent with a child or you're in that portion of your life, it's uh, income, work, career path and, you know, monetizing uh, a job or a business or a career or better yet, an education. So look at it this way. Um, uh, if, if, if you've not had this experience, I'll just say, uh, have you, did you, or what would you say to your child about income, education, or career path, knowing where you, what you know today? Would, would, your, would your perception be different? Are you up to speed on, on what it takes um, to make a six-figure income in today's world, um, what that income actually gets you in the form of a lifestyle, and how would somebody make those decisions, or better yet, how would you assist somebody that you care or love or care about deeply, your kids or whomever, uh, and help them make a good decision? Because I don't believe that a lot of young kids really, really have a sense of that. I know that um, I, I certainly didn't wake up in the morning when I was 18 years old and say, boy, I know what I want to do the rest of my life. Some people are fortunate. Some people do. And that's, I mean, wow. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of uh, folks aren't. And uh, I, being a financial guy, am going to undoubtedly have a different, have some different ideas about this, and we're going to talk about that. But do be aware that if you would like to call in and talk to us about what you did and how that went for you, and and uh, and or your how you uh, advise your child or your grandchildren or whatever, um, by all means, call in six five one six four six eight two five five six five one six four six eight two five five. And let us know. Love to love to hear all about it and discuss it. So you know when you think about when you think about career path. Um, to me, I'm I'm a financial guy, so I'm always thinking about education. And remember that whenever you get these these numbers that are generically out there on the internet, more often than not, you're looking at averages. Um, and averages can be telling, and on the other hand, they can also be misleading because there's a lot of career paths where average incomes 
are not that tremendous. However, they lend themselves to ownership of that type of a business. And uh, an example of that would be the construction business or the heavy equipment business or being a, a plumber or being an electrician. Um, you know, these are, these are career paths that, you know, usually, not always, but, but usually at some point somebody is going to consider whether they should do it on their own and be in business for themselves. And there's a multitude of others. I mean, we just had two guys in here, Jason uh, Walgrave, a real estate agent, and Michael Overson. And, you know, the averages in their industries might not be great. They might be good, maybe, maybe good in, in the mortgage broker business, but the the ones who are good can make an enormous amount of money as in i know mortgage brokers and real estate agents who make seven figure annual incomes and i don't mean once in a in a million years i mean they do it ongoingly and consistently <laughs> so if you look at their averages that's not going to tell you that so you do have to be aware of that and one of the things that i think is most important about researching a career path is to consider what type of a lifestyle you expect. And this is, I don't think, hardly ever uh, a, a way of looking at it that I think maybe as I'm describing this is, is a, new, uh, a new perspective. Because I think that most people grow up, whether they can verbalize it or not, they have a lifestyle expectation. Now that lifestyle expectation because of how they grew up may be low or how they grew up and it may be high. And they may pursue jobs not realizing how there are some jobs that, that you might think would be, would pay really well that don't necessarily. Um, you know, I've, I've made reference to, to this particular, uh, profession, uh, before on my show, but, but a psychologist who typically has got a PhD and, you know, their, their salaries, are, you know, $80,000 a year, $70,000 a year, $90,000 a year. Now, look, $90,000 a year, nothing to sneeze at. But do you know how long it takes to get your Ph.D. and how much money you're going to spend on education to make that happen? <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got you've to gotta correlate the cost of student loans with the cost of living because when that person gets out of school and they are, they are you know, they have to start making payments on those student loans, assuming that that somebody else didn't pay those loans for them, they've got that cost along with housing and everything else. And while that salary may be reasonably good, $80,000, $90,000 a year, let's look at what it's going to cost to service those loans and how many years you're going to be involved in doing that, and then compare that with the pure cost of living, reasonable rent, you know, $1,200, $1,500, $2,000 a month, a car payment, the insurance, the food, the groceries, you know, the lifestyle. And you're going to figure out very quickly <laughs> that that person isn't going to be making a lot of money for a long time. They're not going to have much of a life. And I think that somebody who pursues that career path may not know that until after the fact or until they get too far into it to, to turn around and change gears. Now, there's, you know, there's a very, the one point I do want to make about this, there's a, there's a big difference between psychologists and psychiatrists. Right? Psychiatrists are going to be trained physicians, go through residency just like any other doctor, and they make considerably more. And that's something worth considering. Um, a chef, you know, uh, you know, you go to some of your finer restaurants and you pay a lot of money to eat there and you may be surprised how little money these amazing people and their their artists to be sure uh uh 
to the executive chef in a, in a, in a restaurant actually makes median income is about $67,000 a year. A chemist. Wow, they make a lot of money, right? $61,000 a year. An accountant, well, they deal with money, so obviously they make a lot of money. Really? The average median salary for an accountant is $56,000 a year. Architect, how about that one? How about that? An architect. Now that takes, that takes some, you know, uh, some math skills. That takes, uh, you know, some creative skills. That's, that's a, a job that, you know, when people verbalize, you know, a career architect is, is, is considered to be significant. Well, the median salary is $48,000 a year. A police officer, $52,000 a year. Boy, oh boy. How do you get people to go out and deal with the stuff that they have to deal with as police officers in today's highly charged social environment and pay them 50 grand a year? Oh my God. Now, does that mean that's all they make? No, no. If you want to go, go be a police officer in New York City. <laughs> oh boy. How fun. Uh, then you, then you can make a lot more and a sergeant will make a hundred thousand, even up to, you know, $130,000 a year. But remember, the cost of living is significantly higher there. And of course, you are also dealing with what you're dealing with in a, in a big city like that. So, but I mean, these, I think these are, these are interesting statistics and, and telling a reporter, 30 $37,000 a year. <laughs> a reporter. Wow. You know, somebody who went to college very possibly and got a, you know, got a degree in journalism and the median salary is 37 grand a year. Ugh. Ugh. Now, does that mean that that's all the money you can make? Heck no, because writing skills and verbal skills are valuable in every area of life, and you can monetize nearly any other profession if you have good writing and verbal skills. <laughs> so that's, these are points that are, that can be made above and beyond that. And, and I mean, you almost cannot overstate the value of communication skills. I mean, you, no matter how you look at it, no matter what business, what profession you're in, that is going to, those, those skills are the things that are going to put you in charge of a department. Those are the things that are going to enable you to, to, to start a company and successfully run it. I mean, those things are huge. If you're going to be on the internet, if you're going to do any form of blogging about a particular topic and you're going to do any public speaking or seminars, wow, being effective in those areas is huge. But as a profession, not necessarily so. And, and for that person, you know, their career path more likely is going to be that they're going to be a teacher or professor, which, you know, the teacher part probably doesn't pay that much either. But the professor at a college, that's now, now you're getting into some, some reasonably good income there. So how about this one? A paramedic, a paramedic's median salary. These are the people who, you know, when you're dying, they show up in your driveway and they're going to try to save your life. These people are pretty darn important when you need them, right? Median salary, $39,000 a year. Now, as I'm describing these salaries, for some of you, you may say, well, what do you mean? That's, that's a lot of money. That's good money. Those that, what's wrong with that? <sighs> well, listen. I'm the guy who does money management and financial coaching. I mean, we're, uh, we, we are, my, my business is financial strategist, consultant, and, and coach. And so I'm helping people with money in their business and personal lives every day. It's what I do. And I'm doing budgeting, personal household budgeting with people ongoingly. 
Well, my perception of what it takes to live, regardless of what the average incomes are, is going to shock a lot of you because I believe that if you got if you don't have a household income over a hundred thousand dollars a year, or at the very least, don't have the potential to earn more than a hundred thousand dollars a year as a household income, you're not going to be a real happy person in today's society because I think it takes that just based on take home pay. Now, remember, we always always want to make this distinction about a gross income. It all sounds impressive until you start pulling out federal and local taxes, FICA tax, Social Security tax, withholdings for a retirement account, even if it's only a 3% match. Um, maybe if you get the company-sponsored life insurance that you pay for and it comes out of your check, maybe the disability, uh, maybe you have to pay for one or more members of your family to be involved in your health insurance plan. You start pulling all that money out and, it, and you look at what the take-home pay actually is, Man, I'm telling you, then you take that and you pay for a mortgage or rent and insurance and cell phone and birthday parties for your kids and swimming lessons and, you know, one family vacation per year and the holiday spending. And these are not things that are over the top extravagant. This is just what most people expect to have as a reasonable lifestyle. Well, let me tell you right now, (laughs) it costs a lot of money. And when the census says that to take a child from age zero birth to 18, this is not college, this is just to age 18, costs nearly $390,000 per child. And remember something, that $390,000 per child has got to be take-home pay we're talking about here. So you take that $390,000 and you divide it by 18, and then you add one, two, three children in a household, and you come to a conclusion very quickly based on that and all the other expenses that one must incur. And you're going to figure out very quickly how much money it actually takes to have what we would, most of us would call a reasonable lifestyle. So when I throw out these numbers at $100,000 and you're sitting there saying, this guy's a real arrogant SOB, I'm the guy who actually sits down and looks at the numbers. And I see this stuff, and it's, you know, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it now. If a young couple comes in, you know, mid, mid-30s, um, maybe younger, and they've got two young children, and they sit down with me to help them manage their money or to maybe deal with debt or whatever the case may be, I'll tell you right now, if that couple's earning seventy to $90,000 as a household income, I don't even need to look at their financials. I already know they're broke. I already know they're broke. And for some folks who maybe are a little bit older, my age and older, we have this notion because we're still thinking back about what we earned all those years ago, not factoring the time value of money, meaning how inflation affects the purchasing power of money. And we're still thinking that forty, fifty thousand dollars a year is a good income or a good salary. Well, let me tell you, folks, you're delusional if that's what you think, because it's not. And that number uh, you sit down and you go through, as I've said, what the take-home pay is and what the requirement is to have a reasonable lifestyle, and you're going to figure out very quickly that there's a whole lot of people who are going to be left wanting. 
So what am I saying? I'm, am I trying to be depressing here? No, I'm not. I'm trying to say, like everything else related to money, you have to know what you're up against, and you have to make decisions and make and and pick what you want to do. Now, if you're going to be involved in a profession because it's something that you're passionate about and something that you believe you would be great at, it, and the profession that you're pursuing, as you do research, which is, of course, assumptive that you do do research before you make that selection and, 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 uh, you know, qualify it as your major in college or whatever you're going to do. You're saying make a plan? Right, right, exactly, Joe. Before you do that, if you know that that career path is not going to pay well, there are ways for you to overcome that. There are ways, non-traditional ways of pursuing that career, that job, that profession, the product service offering that you're looking to, to, to focus on in a way that you can make more money. Um, you know, teachers may, may not make a lot of money, but I know people who started their own schools and make, make, you know, a million dollars plus per year because they're business owners and they said, okay, I know that's what this is. I'm going to go and teach school. I'm going to teach high school or lower school and I'm going to learn the profession over the next three to five years. And as soon as I do, that was on the job training for me to go out and do my own thing because I know that if I'm depending upon this career path to create wealth or stability in my life, it's not going to happen. And I understand that from the beginning. So I'm going to have a plan devised from day one as to how I'm going to overcome that problem and still be able to, to pursue my, my passion and my, the profession I want. That's fabulous <laughs> if people did it. The problem is most don't. Most people don't understand that they'll tell you money's not important. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell that to your kid when you can't afford to put them in special activities when everybody else in the neighborhood is. Tell me then. Tell me then that money's not important. It, it, it is, it, it is a, I think it's a truism to say that money is a way that we uh, obviously afford to have a lifestyle, but it's also the way, a way of, of, of asserting power um, because you have control. You know, how much do you earn? How much do you have? I mean, when, when somebody says, yeah, who are they? Who is this person anyway? What do they make? Do they make any money? Do they, I mean, what do they, do they own stuff? You know, why is it that people go right to that? Because that's the way in our society, like it or not, probably ticks some people off. That's kind of the way you measure things. So does money allow you to control your life? You tell me that. Does it? Because I know one thing. If, if you work for a company and they decide that they're going to put the screws to you and tell you that they're going to, you know, send you, you know, send you out of town, uh, you know, one night a week and, and, and one week out of the month, you're going to be out of town and, and you don't like any of this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, your job description just changed and now you're, you're having to work a lot more hours and do a lot more things that you didn't have to do before and you don't like it. Well, if you're broke and you're living paycheck to paycheck, Tell me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you just, are you, are you going to quit? Or are you going to probably eat it? Maybe think about quitting, but unless you can find something better, you're pretty much going to have to deal with it, right? If you know how to manage your money and you spend less than you earn and you create financial stability, you're in a position to say, ah, that doesn't work for me. 
um, I'm, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go elsewhere. Well, when you have that financial stability, when you can assert power through your net worth, your, your financial stability, it changes everything. It changes the dynamic. Do most people have the ability to do that? Of course not. Of course not. That's, that's why, you know, if you're bitching and complaining that you don't get paid what you're worth and the company takes advantage of you and all that, well, it's not hard because you're in a weak position. If you're in a strong position, you have the ability to say no. If you're in a weak position, you really don't. So, I mean, to, to, to debate this whole notion uh, that money's not important. And people, you know, the more somebody says this, the more I recognize that they've come to the conclusion that they aren't, that they don't believe that they can make any more money and it just ticks them off. And so they don't want to talk about it. So the way that they deal with that is by saying money's not important. Well, screw that. Money is important. (laughs) It is. And if you're talking to your kids who have a clear slate and the ability to, to go in one direction or the other, then you've got to think about this. Now, too often, I think, people start off with the question, what can I do or what will I enjoy doing? And just like when starting a business, I don't believe that that's the way you ask the question. The question more is, if I'm starting a business, let me put it this way, and then you can apply it to, to a career. What is it that, the, that, that people want or need or are willing to pay for? Too often, small business owners start a business with, I do this, and how can I get paid to do it? And most of the time when they start a business, the only reason they're doing that is because either they don't look like working for someone else or they can't find a job. So that's the reason that they start their own business. And, and, and having said that, that means that the only thing that they're really looking for is just to be able to sell some of what they've got and try to make as much money or more money than they used to make in their job. <laughs> okay, that's not a business person. That's not a business person. I don't even know if that's a small business person, if I would characterize it. So we have to stop and think. What we should instead say is, what is the market looking for? What is the market willing to pay for? The marketplace, that is. And how can I meet that need in a way that nobody else does better than somebody else? That's the way you start. Not, not, and, and, and what, what of those things are within my field of understanding, within my technical skills? What are, what are those things? Not the other way around. So it works the same way. What's the marketplace looking for and what's the marketplace willing to pay more money for? And of those things, what are the things that appeal and attract uh, me and what are the things that that are that are within my skill set so or, or or within my my key understanding my my key insights my key knowledge or the things that I just think I'd enjoy what are those things that's how I think you come at it and then of course also looking at what kind of a lifestyle am I going to have if I pursue this path let's take a break we're going to come back by all means, I want to say again, if you want to call in and talk with us about this, would love to hear your perception of this. If you've had this conversation with your clients, with your children, with your, with your friends, family, listen, I'd love to hear what you have to say and we can talk about it. So that number 651-646-8255. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to HomeRentalSystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online SMA2DAY.com. Who are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business? What business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. I've seen a million girls. Yes. You have. You know it. Hey. Welcome back, everybody. If you don't like ACDC, you're not going to like me. <laughs> and you chose the right woman, right? That's right. That's right. So we, you know, we're talking about monetizing an, an education, an income, a profession, uh, a path. Um, a good friend, uh, a gentleman whom, who I know pretty well, uh, teaches one of the Ph.D. programs at Penn State. And he talks about the fact that the Ph.D. students all too often come out of school without any notion of how they're going to monetize, meaning take advantage of that degree uh, financially, how they're going to monetize that education. Because obviously, 
costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time. Even, even if, even if you can go to work for somebody, even if you've got grants, even if somebody else helps you pay for the education, it's a lot invested in a career path. And the question is, if you're going to do that, is it just because you like learning or are you actually going to try to do something with it? Because I cannot help but look at an education as a decision about business. You know, if I go into a business, I go into a business because I believe it's a profitable business and I don't invest my money into a business that isn't a profitable business. So, you know, maybe that's just me because I'm, I'm always looking at the financial side and maybe that's warped. Forgive me. But even if it is in your mind, then I would just say this. I may be warped on that side, but you may be warped on the other side of pursue your passion and not be conscious of the money aspects and the financial aspects. So I cannot help but to look at uh, the cost of an education, the time and, and, and investment that you put into it and say, what am I going to earn and how am I going to make this education pay? So the gentleman I just spoke about said too often they come out of school not knowing how they're going to leverage that education. You know, you write a book and you put, you get to put PhD after your name. That's a way of leveraging that education. And of course, undoubtedly, your, your people are going to take note, you know, more so if the person who wrote the book or the person who's on the talk show or the person who's doing the seminar or the, or the, the you know, the person who wrote the post or the page or the blog is a PhD. So, Right from the very beginning, if you enter a program such as that, your thought needs to be, how am I going to take advantage? How am I going to leverage this education? How am I going to leverage this degree, these credentials that I have, and and make it pay um, so that I can have a reasonable life? Now, that that's not to say that money's everything. Please don't beat this up. But it is substantive in your life. And to say otherwise is just to say that I'm frustrated with the world and it shouldn't be that way. And I don't like that it is. So I just say that money's not important. (laughs) Boy, that was a way to really tick off the person who feels that way, right? What do you think, Joe? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right on it. Yeah. But, um, but so if you're, if you're, if you're talking to your kids, you know, how are they going to monetize their education? You know, what's the cost of that education? Is the, is the, is the value of an Ivy League education go beyond the fact that you can brag about where your kids graduated from? Or is it actually going to be something they can monetize? Um, you know, you know, maybe if you're successful in life, where they go to school will have very little to do with anything other than the, than, than the recognition, because the reality is they're going to come to work for you and your company, or you've already got it, got a, a path for them all laid out. You own a law firm. They're coming to work for your law firm and they just happen to have the same last name. And invariably that's going to be your successor. Well, okay, look, that's very different, isn't it? But if that's not the case, then will the Ivy League education, will that hellaciously expensive education pay for itself in the form of an income? So there's there's something that is commonly referred to, which is STEM, and that is science, technology, engineering, and math. And I want to make a point about this. In today's world, math is the financial industry. Uh, graduating with an MBA uh, from Harvard uh, is, is, is certainly, uh, no more likely to get you a job on Wall Street than graduating from MIT as a math major. 
because that's really what they're looking for. They're looking for statistical people. They're looking for math people. And so I'm just essentially saying that that math really is in today's world. Uh, it's a component to all of those things, and it includes the financial world. It really does. So when you think about the types of professions, I mean, the science professions, for the most part, uh, remember that being a physician, certainly as a specialty, that's you're in the sciences. Technology, of course, is all around us. And those could be, you know, uh, computer engineers and, and, and the like, which, by the way, uh, it's worth noting the the number of people, you know, when you think about a six figure income, you say hardly anybody makes that money. Well, you know, and statistically, that's pretty surprisingly true. The 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 small percentage of people who do make a six figure income uh, right out of school, and then you know, even the number of people who are who are in a profession, and when they get you know, when they're in that and they've got 10 years experience, what is the upside? What's the, what's the average upside potential with a, with a 10 year, we'll call it 10 year. And that's not accurate portrayal anymore today. I know, but, uh, someone who's got time and occupation and has reached a level of, 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 uh, of, of, of knowledge and, and, and abilities. What is, what about this? A dental hygienist with a, with a two year degree or certificate. <laughs> Can earn uh, median pay seventy four thousand and one hundred one thousand dollars. Did you know that? Did you know that a hygienist makes that kind of money? Uh, did you know that a, a hygienist is is the number one salesperson in a dental office? And without that hygienist having good communication skills, that the dentist may be doing a lot less actual work. They see that person as the person who brings in the business. They build the relationship. They're cleaning your teeth and while they're doing it, they're talking to you and they're uncovering things. And they are, the, they are, uh, you know, well-paid person, a registered nurse. And I'm not talking about a four year nurse median pay 70,000 top pay 104 or more. And many of these are or more because every person has the ability to, to extend that based on their unique abilities and skills. And again, I'll say some of which are verbal and or writing skills, um, web developers. So this kind of gets us into what is somewhat technology, but not really as technical as an engineering uh, degree, but their median pay is seven. 70,000 and top pay $122,000 or more. Uh, an electrician. Okay, so now we're talking about people in the trades. All right. Now, I've made the point just, just shortly ago that people who are in the trades have the ability to make significant incomes. I mean, I know electricians who own electrical companies and, you know, they make $500,000 a year, $300,000 a year and more. And believe me, I know because I see their financials. Uh, but their median pay is 54000 and their top pay is $92,000 or more. And the, and the or more, of course, has to relate to the fact that so many of them, such a great percentage of them, are going to go into business for themselves. Now, whether or not they, 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 they scale that business with multiple employees or sell large quantities of a product that maybe they developed or patented, that's a whole nother issue, but that takes them to the next realm. And then, then you get into the real world of business. A plumber is $52,000 a year. But of course, we're talking about plumbers who are just starting out as apprentices. We're talking about, we're talking about those who are, who are journeymen. And then we're talking about those who are masters. But 
Top pay is $91,810. So, I mean, wow, HVAC, uh, $75,000 or more. Uh, heavy equipment operator, wow, $82,000 a year. And these are all professions that don't require a, a bachelor's degree, much less a graduate or master's degree or, or, or more. So, you know, when you think about, you know, the kind of, the kind of, uh, jobs that are out there that may not require the type of financial investment, obviously it's easier potentially to modify, mo- uh, monetize the cost of that education. And that's maybe not somewhere you want to go, or maybe it is, but don't think because someone who's in the trades didn't go to college is necessarily got less earning potential. If anything, they may actually have more should they choose to go into business for themselves. But then I would argue that that person needs to become a financial person because the difference between someone who goes into business who understands money, finance, and accounting versus someone who doesn't is dramatic. And I talked earlier about the fact that an accountant doesn't make that much money unless, of course, they're running a business. <laughs> then if they own their own business and they're running the business, then they know the numbers, and that is more important than being good at the work of the job, which is not to say that the work of the job and being passionate about doing things right isn't important. I'm just telling you there's a ton of people out there who are great at doing the work of the job, and they are perfectionists in the job being done right, but they are terrible business people and go out of business, and there's more people who aren't that good at the work of the job who are business people who make infinitely more money than those who are really, really good practitioners. So I always believe the financial side is important. But science, you know, is always going to be a good area. You can see that even a nurse without a four-year degree can make a substantial amount of income, let alone a nurse practitioner who's going to make $130,000 or a physician's assistant who's going to get right out of school starting at $105,000 to $110,000. Technology, of course, and Engineering is always going to be the good one. I mean, it just it just is. Uh, median income once you're in the profession is is upwards of 160 and 180 thousand dollars a year. And of course, math majors that are in the actuarial sciences and and assessing risk and financials for major companies they also have significant income. So those are the straightforward ones and simple ones. We're going to talk in a moment about how to look at a business and and the difference between taking that knowledge and leveraging it into a business as opposed to just being an an employee, something that I know doesn't even occur to most people. So we're going to talk about it. We'll be right back. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. 
started. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels & Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Doug Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. Oh, I'm hearing the smooth jazz again, and that means it's time to call in. 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, and the hosts will answer your call live on the air. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online SMA2DAY.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price, that is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email. Email me at Kim at KimNibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. So, Joe. What do you think about so, all this? What do you think? <clears throat> what? Would, if you had it to do over again, would you look at some of these things, or am I just blowing smoke and, and that stuff's important? Well, I'd look at them, but then I'd think, is that something I really want to do, or is that something I can, I can do at all? You know, I'm not, I'm not probably as <clears throat> uh, smart as some of those guys. So. Oh, yeah. You're smartest whip on the block, man. I know how to... Play, play ACDC coming back from a break. That's but, you all know. you need. That's all you need. <laughs> uh, well, so 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 tell me something. That's a good point. So so if <clears throat> if I and I I've, I've said this, Joe, and you know this, so I'm going to repeat something that you've heard me say a lot of times. <clears throat> I I would rather 
be involved in something that I enjoyed reasonably as opposed to my passion and earn a good amount of money so that I had the money and the stability and the time to pursue my passion than to be involved in my passion that doesn't pay me well and I can't have a reasonably good lifestyle. And as a result, at some level, I, I begin to become dejected because of it. So do you buy into that or do you not? I think it's good to be happy to be doing what you're doing. And uh, if you're not happy, it takes away any joy you get of maybe making that extra money. Do you, do you think that you're happier when you can, especially when you've got a family, when you can afford to take care of that family well? Is there satisfaction in that that may even go beyond the actual work that you do on a daily basis? That's the first thing that I, I think about when I go to work is I'm doing this not for me, but for the family and for the well-being of the family and, and the shelter and the food on the table. And, and so that's, that's a real drive for me is if everybody's doing well, likes to come home every day, and, uh, and, and I supply that because of you know the one or two or maybe three jobs that I have, then I feel good about that, and it, it makes me happy. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of satisfaction in that. There is. And, and I see that's, that's the point I'm making. That's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. That, that, you know, the, the, the frustrating part is, is that the world doesn't necessarily reward the things that you happen to particularly like or be good at. And that's part of the problem. You would, you would like it to be that way. You would like to say, by God, it should be that way, but you can't change what is. And too many times people go into professions without concerning themselves with, with, with that point. Uh, their ability to, you know, to, I mean, I, I know, you know, that I feel the exact same way in my family. You know, my family depended upon me to create a, a lifestyle for them. And that was all about my ability or my capacity to earn income. And uh, if I was good at something, just like your kids in sports, you know, you start them off in a sport early enough that they can be good at it. They learn to love it because they're good at it. It starts to become a part of their identity. And I think a career is like that. You know, it may not be the thing that you dreamed of when you were in elementary school that you were going to do, but as, as an adult who's doing it and is good and effective at it and, and, and wins the, the, the gratitude and accolades of the industry or the profession and then is able to bring home a paycheck that can provide to your family so there's satisfaction in that, I think that becomes a part of your identity, even though the particular profession you're in may not be your ultimate passion. It also gives you the capacity to pursue that passion. So, I mean, these are, these are just, you know, musings here to, to think about. But, um, I, you know, I, I think that I would, I would put that out and, and, and say that that does have some meaning. So, you know, when you, when you look at monetizing a, a, a career, you got to think about, you know, what is, what it, what are you getting involved in? So I talked about, you know, the, the person with the, with PhD in psychology having the student loans. But how about this? What about the professions where when you get involved in them, there's going to be a significant outlay of cash and investment and or financing just to be involved in it other than just working for someone else. Now, most dentists will make a good income. Now they go to school, they, they have to be, you know, it's hard to get selected. Um, certainly much less if they become oral surgeons or things of that nature in specialties. But a dentist makes good money. However, good money, not tremendous great money. 
You know, so what happens is that they go to work as a dentist, they, they apply their trade, they become effective in it. And then as a professional, they say, where do I go next? Because maybe they start hanging around with people who make more money than them, which forgive me, but ultimately most often are going to be people who are business people or people who are running companies. So then they say, how do I scale my business? And then it becomes about, uh, I have to buy equipment. I want to have my own location. I want other dental practitioners to work for me. I have to provide an environment for them to do that. And wow, now how much money do we need to bring in the front door to cover all of that expense? And remember, that works that way for veterinarians, for chiropractors, for physicians, and obviously attorneys. I mean, how many people go to law school um, not realizing that if you're not a corporate attorney, you better be one heck of an entrepreneur because your job day in and day out is talking with potential clients. First thing, you got to bring them in the door in the first place, and then you need to get them to pay that retainer. <laughs> I mean, because without that, you're not billing any hours, right? And so if you're not good at that, you could be technically the best attorney in existence, but you're not capable of monetizing that expertise because you can't get anybody to pay you. So, I mean, and, and nobody, you know, do people think about this? Do they think about that? You know, I mean, the, the as I said, the veterinarian or the dentist, if you're going to go into private practice or the chiropractic, uh, the chiropractor who's going to go into business for themselves, you know, are they conscious of the fact that your credit better be good? Because as soon as you get out of school, you've got to go and finance all this very expensive equipment. You're going to have to sign a lease on a building location. And all of those things are costly. So you can't go out and start making $100,000 a year, or $150,000 a year, because by the time you get done paying your student loans and all the equipment costs and the lease and the people who will working for, be working for you, you're broke. You're not making any money. And how many years will it take you to do that? So, you know, when you think about when you do the numbers and you understand the financials, all of these things in my mind must be considered from the very beginning to consider how will I monetize this education. Now, every one of those things that I just described can be overcome. Every one of them but not if you don't recognize them and figure out a strategy to overcome them. So that's what I'm really talking about. And, and so the point is, is that you can pursue your passion, but if you are, if you are clear on the fact that society in general, at least as an employee, a salaried W-2 income earner is not going to pay you what you want to provide a reasonable lifestyle for you and the people you love, well, then you have to, from the very beginning, be thinking, how will I overcome this challenge and still pursue the thing that I love, the thing that I believe I can be extraordinarily good at, maybe better than anybody else, and how will I overcome that and make more money than the average person who's in this field? And remember, there are exceptions to every single rule. You can throw out these averages, and as I laughingly like to say, I don't believe very many people say, boy, someday if I could just be average. <laughs> so if you don't want to be average, then have a plan, because you won't be simply because most people have no plan whatsoever. So you're already extraordinary just by virtue of having that. Let's take our last break here. We'll be right back.
Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, deed in lieu, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to HomeRentalSystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. Do you have enough to retire? Do you even know how much you need to retire? Great Waters Financial specializes in helping people nearing retirement get ready for their next big challenge. Great Waters Financial can help you understand how much you'll need for a comfortable retirement, how long your money will last, and what you need to do now to make sure you can retire the way you want to. You've earned a great retirement. Let the team at Great Waters Financial help you make it happen. For convenient offices in the Twin Cities, greatwatersfinancial.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. <laughs> We're back. So, you know, the 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 skill set, the 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 particular aspirations, the the areas where someone is good. Take a look at all the professions that that person could do and then sit down and take a look at, you know, vetting them based on income, lifestyle, all those types of things. I think a lot of young people would be surprised because when they hear the numbers relative to the percentages of people who earn them, they have a misguided understanding of of what really goes along with that. In other words, they believe that if I'm earning, you know, 80,000 or 90,000 a year, which is far and away above the average income, they believe that they're going to have an amazing life. And if you were to sit with me in my office with couples who are earning, let's say a household income of 150 to 200 $50,000 a year, which of course, for a lot of people who are listening that that's an absurd amount of money. That's a lot of money. Well, if, if, if somebody who was, who was pursuing that sat down 
And I went through the actual take-home pay that they receive, minus all the withholdings and the retirement and all that, what they actually have to work with in their take-home pay. And then I would show that, you know, show you the, the two car payments and all the expenses. You would say, wow, that's not the life I thought that would afford. So think about these things in advance before you ever make the decision. Strategic planning in all instances. That's our job. That's our profession. Hope you enjoyed the show. How to monetize an income. What would you tell people if you were to give advice today? That's the idea. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.